Good morning, church, right? Okay. Easter's over, huh? Time to keep moving forward? We must have worn everybody out last week, I guess. Well, yeah. The resurrection days passed, and we are forward. So where do we go from here, you guys? Where do we go from here? You know? <laughs> Naomi knows, yeah. <laughs> Heaven, okay. <laughs> you know, the, the one thing we're talking about today, how, how can our church, we sang songs about Thrive and all of that and standing on solid ground. You know, we're going to talk today about how can our church survive and thrive today? Acts, and if you want to follow this later as we get to it, it's Acts 2, 36 to 47. But, uh, you know, over the past few years, many churches have shut their doors. And I know some of you know that feeling here, don't you? And, uh, and some of them, though, forever have shut their doors. And, and, you know, one of the sad things, I went to a conference back east, oh, several years ago, and, and talking to some of the folks from Missouri and some of the other folks there, they're like, yeah, they close the doors and that's it. And we're done. We sell the building. It's like, no big deal. It's like, really? <laughs> and, uh, and I said, how sad. And, and then when they found out what I was there for, talk, talking about church replanting, they were like, oh, we need to talk to you. And I'm like, uh-oh, okay. <laughs> but you know, we're, you know, there's more churches in, in, uh, in danger of dying in the next few years. And, and that's a major problem, isn't it? And that's, that's a turnaround from where we used to be, right? Uh, Rob Walker, some of you know Rob. Um, he's a good friend and he's a, a representative for the Northwest Baptist for us. And uh, he told me just last week that five churches, five churches are in trouble losing their pastors just here in Region 4, which is basically Salem to the California border and uh, basically Bend to the coast. And just that region, there's five churches just last week that are thinking of losing their pastors. So, you know, after decades of growth that many of us have seen, we, we've seen losses in church membership and baptisms for many years, for third, at least three years in a row now. And, and thanks a lot, of course, to COVID, but also thanks to a lot of the darkening that's going on all around us out there. You know, many have warned, many from several different denominations have warned that within the last 20, or within 20 more years, more than half of the churches in this country or in the world will die off unless things change. That's something, you know. That means over 20,000 churches could lose their doors, close their doors, you know. That's a lot. The good news is that you and I have the power to help turn this situation around. And that's what we've been working on. We've got Miguel starting the Hispanic church here and, and we've been helping uh, Lincoln City replant and we've, we've been helping other churches too. You know, the thing is we can turn this around if we will follow God's plan for his church. That's what we have to look at. Not our plan, not anybody else's plan, but God's plan. So let's pray together, can we, as we start here. 
Father, we just come before you this morning. I pray, Father, open our hearts. Fill us with your spirit, Lord, to see your purpose, your will, your, your movement to just bring life to your church, Lord, to share the word and to help others find you, Lord. Guide us in this, Father, today. I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So, friends, how can we be the church God wants us to be? That's what I want you to think about today. How, how can our church here now survive and thrive, not just survive, but thrive in the 21st century? And to find out, we're going to go back to the beginning of the church as we're looking in Acts. The church was born on the day of Pentecost, you know, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus Christ and 10 days after the Lord ascended back to heaven. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down in power. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, and 120 believers flooded the streets out there and proclaiming the wonderful works of God in many languages. God miraculously gave them that power to speak in foreign languages so that people who are gathered from all over the world could hear the good news about Jesus Christ. And then Peter began to preach, didn't he? He began to preach and the church exploded with new members and it started. And as we go into this, Acts 2, I want you, it really tells the story and in this story, we see how the church that God wants us to be is available. So let's read together Acts 2, 36 to 47. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Save yourselves, friends, from this crooked generation. <sighs> so those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. The fellowship of the believers, and, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon them, every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And the day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, 
praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. He added, yeah. So how can our church survive and thrive in this 21st century, friends? You see, the early church shows how. First of all, it's by spreading the good news about Jesus, isn't it? Peter reminds us of this in verse 36 when he said, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus <clears throat> whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Hmm. Boom! There it is. <laughs> all know. Friends, everybody needs to know. Everybody needs to have that chance that Jesus is Lord, that he is the Savior of the world, and that he died on that cross for us, for our sins, and that he rose again from the dead. Everyone needs to know. And then in verse 37, everybody needs to know how to respond to Jesus. Men and brothers, what shall we do? Hmm. Church, we need to speak and we need to live so that people are compelled to ask us that same question. When you're living and, and, and doing the things God has you to do, people are going to ask you, what should we do about this, Jesus? What are we going to do? And Peter had the answer in verse 38 and 39 where he said, Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Men and brothers, what shall we do? <laughs> turn away from sin and selfishness and turn to Jesus Christ and put your trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. That's it. Receive the gift of God's Holy Spirit by receiving Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Then be baptized and seek to follow Jesus in every other area of your life, every area. You see, that's what God wants for us, friends, for our children, for our neighbors, for people all over this county and, and the world. Everybody needs to know because God cares about everybody and God wants you to help spread the good news. One of the best ways is simply to just invite people to come, really. Come to church with you. Studies you know, uh, of new church members show that the, the vast majority were moved to come and join a church because somebody invited them. Hmm. You know, I, 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 I am so grateful. I, I have truly been blessed in my life. I have, I, I, I have an amazing and wonderful family, wonderful friends, wonderful, so blessed. I've been able to serve the Lord now for over 15 years, and, and I've, got, <laughs> I've got to go halfway around the world to tell people about Jesus. What a blessing. I've received countless other blessings. Best of all, I, I know Jesus as my Savior. 
Do you? It's it's wonderful. And and I'm going to live forever with him in eternity. (sighs) And all those blessings have come my way because someone cared enough to include me in their worship time and was spreading the good news. Friends, every Christian needs to help spread the good news. Every one of us. Because everybody, everybody needs to know about Jesus. Even the youngest among us can help other people trust Jesus as Savior and Lord. (laughs) I mean, many of you know, I've talked about it, that little girl back there. And we'll go to a restaurant and she'll ask the waitress, do you know Jesus? (laughs) It's awesome. It opens me, it makes me go, I'm not doing it all. She is. (laughs) Craig Hamlin, a guy tells about a missionary mom who talked to her children about the importance of sharing their faith with lost people. One day, 10-year-old Ryan... And I'm sorry, I told Steve this yesterday, but (laughs) was playing race cars with his friends. Race cars out there, you know, I remember doing that a lot of times. And after several minutes, he came running into the house and yelled, Mom, Mom, you got to come quick, come quick. Isabel wants to accept Jesus Christ into her heart. And Mom, she was like a little skeptical, you know, a little girl's sudden interest in spiritual things. I thought you guys were playing race cars. And we were, Mom, but our cars wrecked and crashed really bad. And I asked Isabel if she would go to heaven if she died. And she goes, I don't know. So I I told her, and she wants to accept Jesus into her heart. (laughs) Amazing how things can happen, isn't it? Friends, if 10-year-old Ryan can do that, (laughs) so can we. So can we. Our church can survive and thrive by spreading the good news about Jesus Christ. But we also, we also can thrive by studying God's word. This is what the early church talked about in verse 42. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. To get that, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They were consistent and conscientious about studying the word of God. Friends, <laughs> we let so many things come in our way that we think we can't do, don't we? We have to build our church on the word of God. We have to build our lives on the word of God because this is the only truth that we can trust in. There's a lifetime of spiritual food for us in the Bible, a lifetime. And, and we will never get to the end of all, needing more of his word in our hearts. We never will. A, a Dr. Eric Frankenberg was a faithful missionary to India, and he spent over 50 years in Asia. One day, he, someone asked him, what is the most difficult problem you ever faced? And, And without hesitation, he answered, it was when my heart would grow cold before God. What, what, when that happened, he said, I knew I was too busy focusing on things of the world. I knew it was time to get away. So I would take my Bible and go off to the hills alone and and open my Bible to Matthew 27, the story of the crucifixion. I would wrap my arms around the cross 
and then I'd be ready to go back to work. Church, we need to get into the Word and wrap our hearts around the cross of Jesus Christ. This is how we can survive and thrive as a church by studying God's Word. And then also by seeking reverence for God. Verse 43 tells us, Then fear, godly fear or reverence is what they're referring to here, came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Psalm 111.10 tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm, yeah. But today, th there's this spiritual famine of godly fear, of reverence for God all around us, isn't there? Can, can, can any of us have too much reverence for the Lord? Can we? No. Is there anyone here? Do you, you think you have enough reverence right now for the Lord? Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we all need more reverence for the Lord. In the early church, Godly fear, it says, came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Yeah, you know, the order of that verse kind of got me going a little bit. It's interesting. You'd think that it would be reversed, that there'd be signs and wonders, and then because of the signs and wonders, you'd get this fear or reverence. But one good lesson for us here is this. The more reverence that we have for God, the more we will see him at work. And the more reverence and we have for him, we will see him work in ways that we've never expected or experienced. That's amazing. How can our church survive and thrive? By seeking more and more reverence for God. And by sticking together as a family, as the body of Christ. Notice how the early church stuck together in verses 44 to 46. It says, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. They didn't make it a big, huge thing, did they? You see, the early church stuck together with one heart and one mind. And that gave them great strength. Great strength. God's Word says as much in Ecclesiastes 4.12. It says, listen to what it says here from the New Living Translation. It says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. And three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. The more we stick together, the stronger we become, friends. God wants us to stick together. Paul made the same point in Philippians 2, 3, and 5, where he said, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Hmm. 
So how can our church survive and thrive? Big one, by sticking together. By sticking together. And by sharing what God has given to us. You know, it's an inspirational to see how Christians in the early church shared with each other. Yeah, you know, they shared their food, their fellowship. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayer. They also shared their time and their treasure. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Understand here that these folks were in crisis mode here. I mean, this was a new thing and they had Jews and Roman soldiers all going, wait a minute, no, these guys are all messed up here. Just as though as they were in a crisis situation, just as many of us are right now, aren't we? You know, we may be even more so in the near future. In fact, you know, other churches later took up collections for the church of Jerusalem. Huh. Yeah. But here you had a difficult and desperate situation, which we all have or may face. These people had come from all over the world for the Feast of Pentecost, and they came expecting to soon, after it was over, go home. But when they got saved, many of them stayed, and persecution was right around the corner over there. The principle for us here is that as the Lord leads us, we should generously help those who are in need that are struggling with these things. God wants all believers to be givers. Givers. Giving our time, our talents, our tithes and offerings, whatever it may be. These early Christians shared all of that, their time and their treasures. In verse 46, they also shared the joy of Jesus. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. The word gladness means that they had an exceeding joy. Uh, the word picture here is something, somebody jumping up and down for joy. You know, we've seen our kids and that do that when they're excited about something. And those early Christians were overflowing with joy over all that they had found in Jesus Christ. Someone once said that joy is tuning in to what God is doing around you and seeing the world through his eyes, picking up on his delight in us as his children. Anyone can find happiness for a while, but happiness depends on what's happening to you at any given moment somewhat. Joy is different, though. It goes way deeper, doesn't it? It goes way deeper. Joy is when your, your whole being begins to sing, sing out, because you've caught this glimpse of, of God at work in you and what he's doing. And it's like, wow. You know, joy can creep up on you and surprise you at an unexpected times and places. It really can. Uh, a pastor named Melvin Newland put it this way. If you're grumbling and complaining, if you're not joyful in the Lord, it's probably a strong indication that you're not growing in the Lord. <laughs> On the other hand, 
Growing Christians are excited about the, what the Lord's doing. They see where his promises are coming true. You know he's coming again. It's exciting. He's coming. And, and you're excited about what he's going to do in this church before that and now even in the time, as the time comes. And you're excited about what he's going to do in your own life, your family, your home, because growing Christians are joyful Christians. And growing Christians are willing Christians. The growing Christian says, sure, I'll be an usher. <laughs> sure, I'll help set up the chairs and tables. So, sure, I'll help clean up the kitchen. I'll teach a class. I'll help clean up anywhere. I'll be glad to do whatever needs to be done. That's a growing Christian. And whenever the offering plate comes, they contribute, not because their arms have been twisted, or they, they give because they love God and they're growing in their faith. They give with a happy feeling because they're part of the most important work on the face of this earth. The early Christians shared their food and their fellowship. They shared their time and their treasure. They shared their joy of Jesus, but they also shared their prayers and their praise. We see in the prayers of verse 42 that they continued in prayers. And in verse 43, they came upon every soul. The fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Never underestimate the power of prayer, friends. Never underestimate. We may not have apostles as such with us right here today, but we have the same God, and he's got the same power that he's always had. That's what we have to be trusting in. James Gilmore was a missionary to Mongolia who said, unprayed for, I feel like a diver at the bottom of the river with no connecting airline to the surface. Or like a fireman using an empty hose on a burning building. <laughs> with prayer, I feel like David facing Goliath. Remember David, you know, how that went when he faced Goliath? In 1 Samuel 17, 45 and 46, David told the giant. This is what David said. You come to me with a sword and a spear and a, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you to my hand. I'd say that's pretty trusting. <laughs> Friends, that missionary said, with prayer, I feel like David facing, the Goliath, facing Goliath. That's the way we want to feel, isn't it? The way we want to feel when we see God asking us to do something or to witness to someone or whatever it may be. So we need to pray for each other to help us have that strength and that willingness to go forward. And don't, don't miss the praise down in verse 47 where they say, they're saying, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. He can do it. He can do it. We just have to be trusting in him. You see, it's amazing to see these, what these early Christians shared with each other. That's what church is about, friends. 
They shared their food and their fellowship. They shared their time and their treasure. They shared the joy of Jesus. And they shared their prayers and their praises. In short, they shared their lives and their love for each other. That's what God wants us to do right here, right now. Question is, will you do it? Will you do it? No doubts? Huh? <laughs> It'll surely help our church to survive and thrive if you do. Absolutely. Christians, let's commit to do all these things as we go to God in prayer this morning. If you've never trusted in Jesus, pray with us right now, will you? And open your heart to the Lord today and let him create a new work in you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you this morning knowing that you have purpose for us here today, Father, and for always. You've put us each one here for your purpose. May we listen to you, not to the world, not to the things that are pulling at us, Father, but listen to you and what you want done. May this church thrive and survive, Father, as you have planned for it, Father. Father, may we have the spirit of David facing Goliath. May we pray for each other and may we stand firm in your truth and may we move forward, marching forward, Father, and sharing your good news with everyone that we can. Bless this time, Father. Bless us as we come before you, Lord. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. You are stronger because you have him. You have his spirit within you. You are stronger. So let that rise out of you all the day. Go and have a great weekend, rest of the weekend.